0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the True Life Podcast. I hope that you slept well. I hope you got to see the sunset last night, and I hope you were up early enough to see the sunrise, if that's your thing. If you like to sleep in, well, I hope you got to do that as well. hope you kissed your wife or your husband, and you sent your kid off to school, and everybody's healthy. What are we going to talk about today, you ask? Well, it's a great question, and thank you for asking. Today, we are going to embrace the crazy. Mm. What I mean by crazy Mm. is Mm. something that has been on my Mm. mind for a while, and it may seem or sound crazy. However, the more that I think about it, the more that it makes sense. So let's begin at the beginning, the structure of atoms. I know what you're thinking. Really, George? We're taking a science class? A little bit, a little smidgen here. Just bear with me because I think you're going to see the or you may not see when I jerk the wheel hard to the right and you go flying into the door so hold on alright it's gonna be a fun one the atomic model is the smallest unit structured by particles called electrons neutrons and protons which decide the charge and mass of the atoms allow me to give you a few intriguing facts about these atoms and their structure all atoms measure the same size irrespective of whether they have three or 90, electrons. The unit of length used to measure atomic sizes is called angstrom, also known as 10 by 10 m. 1 by 2 a is the measurement of the radius of an average atom. The nucleus, the center of an atom, occupies only 10 to 14 m of space in the atom. The unit of length used to measure nucleus sizes is called Femtometer, defined as 10 to 15 M. Okay, I hear you. I know what you're thinking. Okay, George, what are you doing here? Why is this relevant? Just hold on. I'll give you a clue. I'll give you a clue so you stay interested. As above, so below. As above, so below. Just just hear me out. I got, I got a few more facts. I'm going to dive into it, but this is important. Protons are enormous in the number of positively charged particles, while neutrons are more in number than protons with a negative charge. Each nuclei has roughly about 1 to 300 protons and neurons defining their mass. All right, are you guys beginning? Am I beginning to paint a little bit of a picture for you? Move to the side a little bit so you can get a clear picture. Can you see it? The nucleus is more massive than the electrons, even the lightest nucleus. Okay, what's this guy really talking about? What are you talking about, George? Let me give you the premise of what I'm getting into. As above, so below. The first shall be the last, and the last shall be the first. (laughs) We are talking about atoms, protons, neutrons, positively charged, negatively charged. We are talking about atomic structure. And I think maybe, just maybe, we're also talking about the solar system. As above, so below. Let's hear a little bit more about some of these properties of atoms. And while I'm listing off these properties of atoms, I want you to think about it on a grand scale like the solar system. Atoms are composed of combinations of various subatomic particles or smaller particles. Atoms are made of two regions, a center with an atomic nucleus, and the outer region which is an electron cloud. Are you kidding me? The chemical behavior of atoms depends on the count of electrons and their arrangement in the electron cloud. You know, maybe the chemical makeup of the Sun depends on the count of planets arranged around it in the Oort cloud you know we do have an Oort cloud around our solar system a lot of people think that that's a smashed planet or some sort of debris field but often described as a cloud the count of protons the atomic number and neutrons determine the nuclear properties as nuclear cross-sections and atomic mass nuclear stability is a theory that helps determine isotope stability which depends on the ratio of neutrons and protons okay let's just stop and think about this for a minute we have this idea of gravity which i don't think anybody can really describe i think it's just a term you know one of the best ways i think it was shown in a model is if you took like a bowling ball and you put it in a blanket you would see the black the blanket sag but that ball would stay afloat right I think that that is one model people have used to show gravity however when we talk about gravity you know they never talk about they never talk about magnetism they never talk about electricity however on the smallest scale when we're talking about atoms we're talking about positive and negative charges we're talking about you know negative or positive charged subatomic particles that rapidly orbit the middle mass and create this type of energy. Isn't that like electromagnetism? Isn't it the same thing like as as above so below? Why is it that no one in science is talking about the electric universe? Okay so from this point I'm going to jump off a little bit more because I think that's a, that's a sufficient foundation for this quick brief talk about it. There's, it goes way more into depth and everybody should do a little bit more research on it if you're curious about it. But this is a good point for me to introduce with my limited knowledge the Electric Universe. There is an incredible platform, an incredible group of people talking about this exact thing. It's called the Electric Universe. I want to introduce you to something called the Thunderbolts Project. I'll put a link below so you could check it out. Also, Wallace Thornhill and David Talbot, I believe, are the progenitors of this idea. I could be wrong on that, but let me just go ahead and dive into some of the literature right here, and you can check this out for yourself at Thunderbolts, the Thunderbolts Project. Readers may be surprised to discover that many well-trained skeptics do not support popular ideas in astronomy, and that and the space sciences critics doubt that black holes actually exist they suggest that dark matter supposedly far more abundant than visible matter is a mere fiction hiding the fact that earlier theories no longer work theories of galaxy formation the birth of stars and the evolution of our planetary system are all raised to doubt by critics who believe that a fateful turn in 20th century theory set astronomy on a dead-end course Enchanted by the role of gravity in the cosmos, astronomers failed to recognize the pervasive role of charged particles and electric currents in space. The purpose of this guide is to clarify a new vantage point, one that acknowledges the contribution of the electric force to the dynamic structure of the highest energy events in the universe. As we compare events in space to the behavior of charged particles in the laboratory, and I would argue the similarity in the atomic structure, the difference between an electric model and the traditional gravity-only model should become progressively more clear. Okay, so let's dive down on that a little bit more. What if everything we knew, or better yet, we thought we knew, was wrong? just take a minute to think about that what if what if our entire understanding of astronomy took a hard right turn a hundred years ago what would that mean that would mean every all of our models today are wrong we're doing pretty much everything wrong but there's precedence for that the planets are not in glass or crystal spheres the world is not flat. The gravity model is probably wrong. I think there's a really good possibility that we, although all of us alive today, and definitely our kids, are going to have what I call a Copernicus moment. We're going to come to the conclusion that our models are all wrong. And I think I have some evidence to prove it right now. And let me be clear. I am not Copernicus. Obviously, I'm a truck driver. However, there's a lot of people that are coming out now and making these claims that Darwin, wrong, gravity, wrong. And let me tell you some ideas that I think are unique. Let me just go ahead and share them with you. Think about the world of global warming. You know what no one ever talks about? No one ever talks about solar wind. No one ever talks about the migration of the North Pole. What effects do these have on global warming? You can look up right now and see that the magnetic North Pole is migrating rapidly, something like 30 to 100 miles a year. Well, if the magnetic North Pole is shifting quickly, what does that mean for the climate on the planet? Humans have no control over the migration of the magnetic poles zero. And what what would cause the magnetic poles of the planet to be shifting? Well, look, I I am I'm not a MIT scientist, but I got a few magnets, and you know what pulls magnets? Other magnets. That's what I know. That's what attracts them, right? And Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think there's a pretty big synergy between electricity and magnetism. That's how we get electromagnetism, right? Why is it that this electromagnetism is not factored into any of our models? That's one theory. Let's look at our let's look at time. Let's look at our calendar. Isn't it such a better, more efficient and effective way to look at the heavens to tell time instead of trying to use these man-made clocks? Like Sometimes I wish we could just destroy all the clocks. I think that would set us free. Sometimes I think that we are kept prisoner by this idea of time, and it keeps our minds narrowed and our focus narrowed and keeps us in this state of beast. I feel like it traps the humanity inside the animal. Look how many different calendars there are. In Saudi Arabia, it's a different year. In Israel, it's a different year. In China, it's a different year. You think you live in, if you live in the United States, you think you live in 2022. But if you go to the Middle East, you're still in the Middle Ages. Like, think about that for a minute. What about the Christian Orthodox calendar? You know, and then you start thinking about time, like, oh yeah, we moved Christmas because we wanted it to be better for businesses at the end of the year to raise their revenue. Like how disgusting is that? Think about the word October, right? What does oct mean? Octagon eight. If October is eight, why is it the 10th month? What's going on there? Well, obviously much like our systems of governments have been gerrymandered, so have our calendars, so have our ideas of time. And if all of these have been gerrymandered and moved around, and those are just a few examples, don't you think it's possible that our idea of how the world works has also been gerrymandered? I would have to say yes. And I would have to say that that's why we as a species are out of alignment because we are no longer aligned with how the planet works we are no longer aligned with how the solar system works which means we are no longer aligned with our purpose if we can agree to the premise of as above so below and we can take with a grain of salt that the atomic structure is very similar to the structure of the universe then we are out of alignment and that's why things are so crazy right now it makes more sense right that's why there's so much chaos like we're we're going to be thrust back into alignment the world is a self-aligning system and it's gotten out of alignment and a lot of people have bet the farm on this series of horrible ideas that don't make sense that got pushed through. And I'm not saying those are bad people. It's just that it's time for us to find alignment. And it's like my grandpa used to say, if you want a new idea, read a really old book. And I'm going to give you a list of some that I think are phenomenal reads. There's a series by Emanuel Velikovsky. Worlds in Collision, Earth in Upheaval. Ages in Chaos, People of the Sea, Ramses and His Time. This is a series of books that gives an alternate account of what may have happened in the past. It uses astronomy from the Bible. It uses geographical locations written in historical works to explain some major events that may have happened. I think it's also important to note that Emmanuel Velikovsky his book Worlds in Collision was found on Einstein's table after Einstein had passed. There had been correspondence between them. And rumor has it that Velikovsky's book Worlds in Collision was thought to be a more true Or true enough that it better characterized the state of our planet. However, if his book was to be published and mass produced and taught to children, then it would have fundamentally changed the structure of business that was already in play. It meant that people around the world would have to readjust their models, their literature their systems, everything. And so the choice was made not to use a more correct model. And that is a pattern that happens all the time. It's the same pattern that's the same thing that got Copernicus in trouble. It's the same thing that got Galileo in trouble. And it's the same thing that's happening now. And we're going to have our Galileo moment. We're going to have our Copernicus moment. You know, there's a funny joke I heard one time that said this guy walks into a physics lunchroom and there's all these teachers or lecturers or professors sitting around. And the guy says, look, I'm running out of time. I got got a lot of stuff to do. Can you just wrap it up in a nice little nutshell for me? Just wrap it up in a little bow and tell me what the heck is going on with the world. Can someone explain it in a few words? And the first lecturer says, it's all particles. And the next guy says, "No, it's not true. It's all waves." And then the third just says, "Well, it just depends on who we're lying to." <laughs> you know what I mean? Nobody knows. Nobody knows. And the people that do tell you they know, those are the people that you should walk away from because they don't know. The smartest people in the world will tell you, "We're not really sure, because they're not. So be aware of the people that tell you they know. Embrace the crazy and do yourself a favor and look into the Thunderbolts project. There's an interesting character named Greg J on YouTube that has put out a series of really unbelievable videos. And he seems like he's one of us. He's one of us. He's like a down-to-earth guy. And you can tell in the way that he makes his videos that he's a guy that studied a lot. And he's interesting and fun to talk to. And he He goes over the Thunderbolts Project and and David Talbot and Wallace Thornhill, and he goes into the literature a lot. But I, I highly recommend it, the Thunderbolts Project. I think you guys will enjoy it. As above, so below. The atomic structure is the same as the universal structure. In fact, the atomic structure may be the universal structure. It's interesting to think about, and I really enjoy looking at it. It's been a hobby of mine, so check it out. I hope you guys have a great day and remember to embrace the crazy. It's Thursday. Let's get up. Let's get at them. Aloha. Aloha, everyone. Thanks for taking a moment to hang out with me in the True Life Podcast. I truly appreciate it. If you're taking some time to listen to this, whether it's your first podcast with me or you've been with me the whole way, I truly want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart. Additionally, I would like to try to inspire everyone. The world is a crazy place. And if you listen to your heart,